Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Steve Taboo. So uh, we went to Florida this last week, had some conferences down there, and uh, there was a young man, and he's probably watching today, that started coming to the river, was invited by a friend, and uh, I got a chance to talk with him about the Lord. He wasn't a believer in Christ, and he said he would examine and consider, and came for like 11 weeks in a row, and and uh, fa- finally gave his life to the Lord. Well, shortly after that, he ended up moving to Florida. Uh, didn't lose too much touch, except that all we did was message back and forth every now and then. So I didn't hear from him for a while. Then all of a sudden, he sends me a message, says, hey, by the way, man, I, I have just really given everything over to the Lord. I'm excited about it. I think I'm ready for baptism. He said, but I really like you to do the baptism because, you know, we had those conversations and uh, I'm not planning on coming to Cookville anytime soon, but are you going to be in Florida anytime soon? I was like, I'm in Florida now. <laughs> Where do you live? And literally, he was like an hour and a half drive. Uh, and I didn't tell him this, but I was thinking an hour and a half, that's a long way. And then the Lord reminded me, i taking my kids to Disney. I waited an hour and a half for some ride you fly through the air on. And the Lord's like, you can wait an hour and a half for that silly ride. You can drive over there and baptize that young man. I was like, amen, Lord, I repent. So, uh, yeah, it's cool. So me and Luke got in the car. We drove over and drove into the Gulf of Mexico and had a baptism for this young man that feels like God's called him into full-time ministry. And when you're on an adventure with God, you you really can't tell him what it's going to be. You kind of, it's kind of like riding a wild horse, you know, you're just on it, hanging on for dear life, hoping and praying that sooner or later you're going to get to where you thought you were going, but really you don't. The Lord just takes you where he wants you to be, and it's a whole lot prettier and better than you ever thought it'd be. Amen? And so we, we're wanting to celebrate this 20 years by celebrating what God has done and looking forward to what we believe he's going to be doing. I don't believe our best years are behind us. I believe our best years are before us. Think about it. 20 years ago, we started with five people in the living room, and the Lord has done this amazing thing that he's done. He's allowed us to plant churches. I I go to this conference, and I sit down next to this guy, first guy I meet. I'm like, what church are you out of? And he tells me, Journey Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. I was like, Journey in Lebanon? I said, really? I said, we were your mother church 17 years ago. He's like, really? He was, he's like, I didn't know that. He was an associate pastor there. Uh, so we started talking. It was the second church that we planted. They're in Lebanon, Tennessee. They got like 1,200 people coming now and, and just crushing it for Jesus. And that's part of what we've gotten to see is we've said, okay, God, we want to be on mission with you. And I, I, I'm looking forward to the next 20 years because now we got 1,200 people and all you guys are on mission. All you guys are, are living it out. Ezekiel 47.9 is our, our theme verse where we got the name the river from. And it's where uh, Ezekiel sees the temple of God. He sees this river of life flowing out of the temple. And he says, wherever the river flows, everything will live. That's our heart. Our heart is to see that wherever you 
as the river flow, where you live, work, and play, that you will bring spiritual life to your company, you'll bring spiritual life to your school, you'll bring spiritual life to your family, you'll bring spiritual life wherever you're at. That's the, the mission and the ministry we get to be on. And now for those that are here, uh, those watching online, I, I want to encourage you, find that local church that you can be on mission with. Uh, we helped this young man. He's, he's in a church down in Florida. Uh, I just had a good friend of mine tell me he's moving to Florida and going to find a church for him there. I had somebody else tell me that after first service, they're moving to Chattanooga, and we got a church plant that we're sponsoring there. Uh, y'all quit moving. Can I say that? You know what breaks my heart? Unless you're moving for Jesus, y'all just quit moving because it's just hard on my heart. But if you're moving for Jesus, we're, we're sending you, okay? We want to send you. And wherever you're moving, God's sending you, right? I mean, you can be on mission wherever God has you. Now, truth is, I didn't have any of that plan to say in my sermon until I saw the video and I just got overwhelmed by what God's doing. So uh, pull your listening guide out. We'll try to get on track here. So we're in, uh, we're in Exodus and Numbers today. Uh, those who are with us, if you jumped in and been on the journey with us, we're going through the Bible from cover to cover. If you hadn't got one yet, I was just told we got 15 left, and then we're going to buy some more because y'all keep wanting to read, so we'll keep buying them, okay? So we're in Genesis, uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It's starting to tie it all together now. You're going to see how it's chronological, how you'll see these things overlap. But today we're talking about a story uh, that's not really famous, but it should be really famous. It's the story of 12 spies uh, that, that Moses sends into the promised land that God tells Moses to send. But God tells them, if you look at the story, God tells them, Moses, send these guys in the promised land, the land I've already given you. The land is going to flow with milk and honey so that they can see it. They then take that, and instead of focusing on what God has given them, they're focused on the enemies that are in the territory. And instead of focusing on the promises of God and what he has for them, they focus on the difficulty of the task. And I, I think that's what bogs a lot of us in this room down today. We focus on the enemy and the, the problems and the difficulties and the things that are against us instead of focusing on the one who called us, created us, and empowers us. And my hope today as you hear, because you're going to get to hear from a church planner today that, that the Lord's called and serving in Oregon that we sent out. I hope what you hear is that God is good. His mercy is everlasting, and we get to be on mission with him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll jump in. Lord, I thank you, thank you, thank you that you are so good. I thank you, God, that, that you changed my life. And I get to see your goodness. I get to see that you moving. And when people doubt you, Lord, it just it hurts. Not that they doubt, but that they walk away. Because we've seen so many good things you've done. So I pray today that your Holy Spirit will stir the pot in our hearts. I pray, God, you would call out the next generation of church planters today. I pray, God, you would stir in people's minds the, what 
what you want them to do and that they would step out boldly and say, yes, yes, yes. I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you got your listening guide, first thing is don't follow the multitudes. Don't follow the crowds. And specifically, don't follow the crowds to do evil. But there's not very many times I ever see that the multitudes choose to do the right thing at all. Can we agree on that? Usually, if you're going with the flow, you're not going with the king. If you're going with the flow, you're not going with Jesus. You're going with the community and the culture and the direction they're going. Our culture today specifically is going so far apart from the truth in the Word of God. We're pretty much saying you can do anything you want to as long as you don't hurt somebody else. And the way we're going to find that hurting someone else is physical pain to them. Doesn't matter that you're hurting them by your your uh, character. Doesn't matter that you're hurting them by your lies that you're telling. Doesn't matter that you're hurting them by your abandonment. As long as you're not physically calling them harm, you deserve to be happy. I won't say who, but a famous person in our culture just posted while they while they were getting a divorce, and their statement was, "I decided I needed to be happy." I decided that I needed to feel good about myself. I decided that I need to do what's best for me. And that's our culture. Me, me, me. Now, if these spies had had their eyes on the Lord, they would all come back like Joshua and Caleb saying, it's not about us, it's about what the Lord has. It's not about what we can accomplish. It's about what the Lord has already promised. But their eyes were on the giants. Numbers 13, 25 is where they're coming back. It says, after exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses and Aaron and the whole community of Israel and Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Let me pause for right now for just a second. These are the same people that saw God deliver them from the most powerful army in the world, the Egyptian army, through 10 supernatural miracles. They saw that happen. These are the same people that God opened the Red Sea and allowed them to walk on dry land. It wasn't that long ago they saw God blow their mind with awesome miracles. And now here they are in this situation. And they're like, oh my, the enemies are big. They weren't as big as the Egyptian army. They weren't as powerful as Pharaoh. How did they forget so quickly? Well, before you start throwing stones, how do you and I forget so quickly? For those who've been born again under Jesus Christ, you've been born into salvation. Why do we forget our salvation so quickly when we go up against something we think we can't win? 
We can't accomplish this for God because of all the problems that'll happen. I'm not strong enough. I'm not wise enough. No, you're not. That's why you needed Jesus in the first place. That's why you need Jesus to go forward. You can't do it on your own. That's the beauty of this thing is we are dependent upon God and he has all power on heaven and earth. And he sends us into where we live, work, and play to be the light in those places. So they had forgotten. Verse 29. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb, here's the guy that speaks up. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with them disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than us. You feel like a bunch of whiny babies. Doesn't it feel like a bunch of whiny babies? We can't do this. I feel like I can just hear their wee, 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 wee. Verse 32. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw the giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. Now, what kind of comparison is that? I mean, to be like a grasshopper, that dude would have to be like 100 feet tall. We felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Folks, don't follow the crowd. The crowd is fickle. The crowd is fearful. The crowd has a lot of whiny babies in it. God's looking for a few that will say, but wait, but God, but God, but God. Just put that in your, in your vocabulary right now, but God. Say that with me, but God. Say it one more time, but God. Amen? But God. I mean, in your own power, yeah, you can't do it, but God. In your own abilities, you can't do that, but God. In your own brain, it doesn't make sense that God would tell you to do something, but God. And Caleb and Joshua, they could see what God could do. They didn't follow the multitude to do evil. Numbers 14, one to four says, then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night. Their voices rose up in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt, right? Or even in the wilderness, they complained. Pause there. Why does Egypt always look so good? Why is it that I talk to people and their lives are so messed up till they came to know Jesus? God changes everything. He, he sets their feet on solid ground. He restores relationships and, and things are going right. And then they, they want to keep looking back in the rearview mirror and going, but Egypt, but Egypt. But it was more fun back in those days. But I had more friends back in those days. You had the wrong friends. Yeah, but as long as I had money, they were willing to party, Right. Why do we keep looking over our shoulder and saying, but Egypt? I tell you why. It's because we're not looking far enough ahead and saying, but God. We can look back and say, but Egypt, or we can look ahead and say, but God. I say we look ahead and say, but God. I say we take Caleb's perspective and say, but God. Verse three, why is the Lord taking us in this country only to have us die in battle? Now, wait a minute. Who fought the battle to get them out of Egypt in the first place? Did one soul die in the battle of Egypt? 
There was no battle, was there? And yet here these people are like, oh my, we're doomed, we're doomed. They're looking back instead of looking forward. Then they plotted amongst themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Wow. Moses and Aaron, you guys hadn't done enough for us. Y'all are junk. We want to go back to Egypt where we had it so good. Second thing, speak up. Speak up boldly for God. This world needs people that will speak up boldly for God. The world needs men and women who will say, but God. The world needs men and women who are not afraid to be vocal in their faith, not pointing their fingers at others. Woo, there was that bucket. I do that every time. They tell me not to go that far. Okay. (laughs) Not men and women who are pointing their fingers, telling other people how to live their life, but men and women of God who choose to live differently and thus the light just radiates from them. We must choose to speak up boldly. Caleb and Joshua spoke up. Look at verse 4 again. Uh, Verse 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, they tore their clothing. That was a a symbol of of brokenness and anger. They ripped their clothing. Uh, Then they said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. So who are they looking at? But God. But God. Verse 9, do not rebel against the Lord. Don't be afraid of the people of the land. They They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection. But the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Then the presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites as a tabernacle. Will we speak up for God? Around the water cooler at work, people are blasting, talking negative. Are you going to speak up for the Lord? At your family gatherings, people are talking negatively how the world's Gone to hell in a handbasket, how horrible things are. They're all negative, doom and gloom. Do you have any hope to offer them? Can you share with them what God's doing in your life? When when you're around people at, at the sporting arena that you love to hang out with, or you're working out and people are all just negative Nellies and negative Neds, or whoever, sorry if your name's Ned or Nelly, I just don't know where that. Poor guy got picked on anyway. If that's your situation, are you willing to speak out and share the hope that we have because of God? We need more people speaking truth. And listen, let me just tell you, this is the truth. It doesn't matter what culture changes. 2,000 years, followers of Jesus have been reading and growing and following. 2,000 years, it has changed lives supernaturally. The word of God is truth. So if you don't know what to say on your own, just read the Bible and just spout it out. Share something you've read this week. We're reading a bunch of stuff. Tell them the story of the spies, if that's what you need to do this week. Say, guys, guys, listen, I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to be like those spies. Because check this out. What do these names have in common here? Uh, Where's that at? Okay, here it is. Shamua, Shaphat, 
Eagle, Polly, Gadil, Gaddy, Amnil, Sisler, Nobby, and Ghoul. You know who those guys are? They're the 10 spies that didn't have faith to go to the promised land. You know it's all true about all of them? Nobody names their kids that, do they? <laughs> uh, hey, this is my son, Ghoul. I named him after that guy that, was, that didn't have enough faith in God and he got killed. Nobody names their kids that. But Caleb and Joshua, we still got Caleb and Joshua 2,000 years later, don't we? Because we want people to be inspired by their faith and their hope. I want you to meet somebody now that, man, he, he inspires me. His faith to speak boldly. His hope in the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is Jeremy Cook. Jeremy came to, yeah, give it up for Jeremy. Woo, 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 woo. Thank you, sir. Jeremy Hello. came to us, uh, how many years ago? Was it been 17? Yeah, I came in year three of the river. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. I man. had a flyer early on that said, wear your jeans to our church, but uh -huh. I didn't know who you were then. But So you didn't come? Right, when you first started, I didn't come. But but you got the flyer? I got a flyer. I, got a flyer in there. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. True story. That's a true story. Okay, well, I'm glad you're not lying on stage. That's good. Okay, so uh, Jeremy uh, is now in Corvallis, Oregon, and he and his family have been there over four years planting a church there. We sent him out from our church, and uh, he's also got some big family news, if you haven't heard. Expect to number seven. Yeah, we just Woo. thought life isn't exciting enough. Move to another culture, have six kids already. Let's make it more exciting. Let's have yeah, yeah. Actually, I, it was a big surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> well, I was surprised, but I was also disappointed because Melissa and I have six and you had six and I thought that was good and then you passed us up. So I went home and told Melissa and I said, hey, baby, what do you think? You know, Sarah, Abraham. Yeah, she's like, no, no. Okay, anyway. But uh, congratulations on that. Thanks, thanks. And uh, we're, we're excited for you. Yeah, and we're gonna be Going to be another boy. Another boy. Awesome. What are the odds? Five in a row? At yeah. Five in a row. That's yeah. good. Going to be the gift eyes. <laughs> yeah, okay. you over there. Woo. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Five in a row. Five in a row. Uh, so, first of all, what I want everybody to hear is that, you know, 17 years ago, you were sitting in chairs just like this. Mm -hmm. And they were actually ugly green chairs. They yes. were ugly green chairs. Yeah, yeah they were at the school. And how did you, first of all, how did you come to faith in Christ? And then how did that move towards your journey? Yeah, term? so I, um, I grew up in a Christian home, um, but I wasn't just born a Christian, right? None of us are born a Christian. And the story of Jesus was just that. It was a story to me. It was, man, I'd heard about this man, Jesus. I had read the Bible stories. I'd been to vacation Bible schools. I grew up in this in a different way, um, but it was never real. It was just information. I had a lot of information, but no heart transformation, right? That's our faith at work. Like the gospel has to penetrate beyond our minds to our heart. And so um, let me that was pause part of you yeah. right there yeah. because I think that's what we see a lot in our community. People that have the information, they, they believe logically that there is a Jesus and that God created but their heart hasn't been transformed yeah. and just living a, a, a life of apathy, really, and, yeah. and self-fulfillment. You aren't called to something. You are called to follow someone, right? Mm -hmm. If it becomes something, you're just doing it. But we're called to follow someone. So that was in my journey. So I kind of just lived for my own self. I did my own self-pleasures. I was trying to fulfill my life and find joy in all these things. And there's fun in that, but at the end of the day, 
it's empty, you know? And so that was kind of my journey. I moved here in 1996. Uh, I was on probation in Memphis. So I didn't want to see my parole officer, true story. So I came here and that's why Steve hired me actually. But <laughs> So it's a pre- you know, all our staff ran from the probation officer. Yeah. That's how we got them. True. So, but I came to Cookville, Tennessee. I was, a, I grew up in Memphis. This was very different from Memphis. Um, but in that journey, I, I still was going to Tennessee Tech kind of, and I was on and off, but I was, I was just a mess, you know, but everywhere I went, God was still there. Like in hindsight, God was pursuing me. I was trying to like run. I was trying to fulfill all my own plans and my own dreams and my own ideas. But at the end of the day, I was just broken and a mess. So in 97, I went out to Yellowstone. I came back here in 1998. I met this wonderful lady named Brooke who would become my wife, um, but I had no idea at the time. And in fact, the night I moved back to Cookville, I was like, God, why am I here? It was a really vain prayer. And I met Brooke the next day. Like, so he's, see, I say that to say he's in this story. He's in your story right now. He's in your friend's story that you're praying for. He's, he's on the move. So in 2000, we went out to Alaska and came back. And, and really in that moment, just again, trying to do the same things. I was still miserable, um, but I saw the Northern Lights, God's creation. I love the West. So it's amazing that I'm out there, but it was always speaking to me and I worship the creation and not the creator, but I it was encountering the creator. He was pursuing me. And so my 24th birthday, my mom mailed me a study Bible, super not excited. Uh, I just wanted some cookies or something. She knows that story. Um, but she's a woman of faith. And I began reading that thing. I wanted to not know what the church said or what the world said or what my parents said. I wanted to know what it said for myself. So I began reading that thing from cover to cover. Meanwhile, I'm delivering pizzas. My antenna breaks on my radio. This is back before Spotify and all that stuff. So I had to listen to the radio, and it was like this thing called King of Kings, a country station, and I wasn't a, into country. I was into rock and roll and soul music. And, but I began to listen to these pastors, and then I began to listen to this thing called Unshackled, which is still out there today. It's like trans lives being transformed. They play this crazy organ. And so anyways... But I was like, I would sit in the car. I wouldn't go back in the store or to bring you your pizza because I was like, what is about to happen? I am going to sit here. I was like, God was at work in my heart. And so shortly after that, me and my wife had a uh, spiritual argument. That's kind of how I frame it now. But she was like, what are you going to be a pastor? I'm like, what are you talking about? No way. And, but I knew if I had to lose this girl that I loved, I needed Jesus. It was a thunderstorm in White County, and I went out in this middle of the cow field, surrendered my life to Jesus. I was just like, Lord, if you're real, I want you. I need you. And I went back in the house that night. Didn't talk about it at the time. We didn't have Christian language of like, hey, did you just get saved and baptized? <laughs> like, but we had peace in our house, and God's plan was so much better than mine. So Brooke, who became my wife, surrendered her life to Jesus that same night inside the house after this argument. And I just know, I know my God is so great. He's like, yo, watch this. <laughs> and like the same, I just feel like it was the same exact moment we surrendered our lives to Jesus because he's that good. He's that good. He's that good. And, and I got to believe it's your parents were praying, her parents oh, were praying. Yeah. And, and how cool, I, mean, I just imagine the devil going, I got this plan. I'm going to put these two kids, both raised in a Christian family, they're, they're far from God. I'm going to show everybody how messed up Lives can be if you're raised as Christians. And then God's going, huh? yeah. Yeah. watch this. Boom. Now they're planting a church in Oregon. Yeah. So like, not right away. <laughs> not yes. right away. No, no. <laughs> Obviously. So how did you go from, you know, you made a decision to follow Christ. Uh, how did you come to a place where you said, I- I'm, I'm all in to do, to go and be wherever? Yeah, I think in the very beginning, I, I mean, in hindsight, we see things differently. But I was willing from the beginning. I was like, I, Jesus just rescued me, like, from darkness, from death, from the grave. He's 
taking away my guilt and my shame of all my disgusting past and my future when I've sinned. But like, I wanted to live for him. You know, so the first thing I knew to do, I was at TTU, I did a radio station. I had a funk show and I thought, I'm gonna do a Christian show. Yeah, so I just like sold my records, bought a bunch of cassette tapes, all kinds of genres and went up there and just started playing music. And I started a Bible study in Jeremiah. I don't even know why I chose Jeremiah, really hard book now that I've like studied a little bit. I invited friends to come in. It was probably a really terrible Bible study, but I was willing to try things. Like Jesus had changed me and I wanted people to know. And I I want everybody to hear that. You know, Jeremy didn't get saved in the next week, go be a church planner. I mean, he started where he was at in the moment with the people that were around him saying, God, use me, yeah. use me. I, mean, yeah. I can't imagine what people thought they're listening to your funk show and then all of a sudden the next day they come on as Christian music. That had to like blow their mind. Oh, definitely. I, uh, <laughs> we don't have time. Yeah, we don't have time. Keep going. So moving forward, God, God first took you to Trinity Baptist. Yes. And uh, taught, gave you a supernatural ability to play the organ. Yeah, I learned to play music there, got baptized there, learned a lot about love and prayer. I mean, they just took, they just took me and Brooke in where we were at, mm-hmm. you know? And I want to encourage, wherever you are as you disciple, just take people in where they're at, be right. with them. And they just, they just loved us. Um, in that time, though, uh, we'd met, she, I met Brian through another, um, I don't know, it was something at Chi Alpha. Anyway, so then I met you guys mm-hmm. and... Uh, the Lord really began to work on my heart and just like prompted me to, to come to the river. So I want to say too, like, I didn't just leave. I like met with my pastor. He blessed us on our journey. Like, don't just disappear. That's, I'm saying that for you. Yeah. For, yeah well, thank you, okay. Jeremy. Thank you. Like, man, there's a right way to do things. Like, and God was at work and I didn't know we were happy there, but God had something mm-hmm. better for me. He had a plan that I had no idea about. Yeah. So we came to the river at year three. Um, and just began volunteering, serving, playing music. Uh, you, they asked me to multiply a small group, which was terrifying because I loved the group I was in. Like, as you grow in your faith, you just want to stay where you are, never move. But that's not what God does. And so I helped start another small group, became a deacon, the whole thing. And then mm-hmm. this thing called The Gathering, um, stepped into that, missions. You guys asked me to, to train for pastor, train for elder. I remember in 2012, you asked me if I wanted a church plan. I was like, no way, man. Like, that's crazy. So all that to say, like, this was my training ground. And it was a great training ground. Yeah, yeah. Well, for everybody that's here, you know, we got some folks that haven't yet given their life to Christ, some that have just given their life, some that are on the journey as a new believer, some that have been a believer for many years. What what would you say to folks that might inspire them in that journey? Mm. Yeah, you... I. If you don't practice your faith, it's going to grow stale. You're going to drift is what the book of Hebrews says. Um, Our faith is to be alive. In fact, it says in there that, I didn't say this, it says that if we're not in faith, God doesn't take pleasure. God takes pleasure in your faith. Mm. Like he champions it. There's a hero of faith chapters. And and I just want to encourage you to be willing to go because you're talking about these giants. It's scary. I live in a place, I knew going to the place I'm in. It was categorized as one of the least church counties in the U.S. I don't even know how you do that study, but the longer I live there, I'm like, oh, that's onto something. It may not be the least, but it's, it's up there. And there is 
giants in our way. We had to leave this place that's so wonderful, so rich. Like, man, we spent the first two years crying almost mm. just because we missed you guys. We missed this and we're all alone. I used to complain about going to the coffee shop here. I just can't get away. Everybody knows me. I go there and I'm like, <laughs> somebody be my friend. <laughs> I want to be somebody's friend. You're too up front. It took a while. It took me four years to become friends. But, um, but we were willing to go and I, there's so many giants in your life. But it, you got to take that step. God's going to be right there. He's been with us the whole way. You got to be all in, go for broke. We've been broke and the Lord has showed back up and we'll probably go broke again, but Jesus is worth it. Amen. Jesus is worth everything in your life because he gave it to you in the first place. Yeah, yeah. You've got to shine that light. Man, being here is so enriching and encouraging. And I, we shared in the first service, there's more people that are my entire city that's twice the size of Cookville, a university that's 28,000 people. All of the Christians in my place could fit in this church on this Sunday morning. 3% believe. 80,000 people, they could give a rip. But most of them can't. They just haven't heard. They haven't met believers. They, they haven't heard the true Jesus. They have what they think about Jesus. They have what they think about Christianity. And it's all wrong. And so we're just there to be the light. But somebody's gotta be willing to go. So I, I actually, I wrote this, you were talking about fear. I don't want to take your sermon, but it's, it was so good. You, go ahead. You had so yeah, much yeah. good stuff. Go but like the giants in your life are going to keep you from going or they're going to make you retreat unless you're founded in the promises of Jesus. They're going to keep you from going, following that dream that God's put in your heart. Or when you get there, man, there's a lot of days that this place looks really good, but we're not called back to Cookville right now. We're called to be in that city. Mm-hmm. And man, I want to see my friends neighbors come to faith. I want them to experience this. Yeah. If you enjoy this, go share it. Go share it. Go proclaim it. Don't just hoard it. Mm. Don't hoard the light. Be the light. I came to this church because God sent me here, but you said, we want to kick you out to go be the church. And I took right. it serious. <laughs> I took it serious. And we were glad to get rid of you. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad to leave. <laughs> and uh, you know, if you're going to plant a church in a hard spot, it's hard, but add to that. Tell them when you launched the church. <laughs> March 15th, 2020. Does it ring a bell to anybody? COVID. Yeah, great plan, God. And, <laughs> and they have been, and they have had to meet outside. They have had to not be allowed to meet. They have had, I mean, Oregon's had much greater restrictions than we have. And the Lord's taken this group of five to a group of three dozen or so. A couple dozen, yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're growing. Amen. Amen. So I want us, if you would, to pray with me. I'm going to pray over Jeremy. Lord, we thank you that you have sent Jeremy and Brooke and their kids, God, because I know all those, it takes all of them, Lord, to do the work that you're doing. And Lord, I thank you that they are a light, Lord. It's clearly bright. I thank you, God, that you've gone with them. And I know in talking to Jeremy, there have been times that they didn't know where the next rent was coming from, but they've never missed a payment because you're a provider. You're a good, good father. And even though there may be giants in the land, you're already there paving the way. I want to pray right now, Lord, for your favor. I pray, Lord, that, uh, that literally spiritual awakening would take place in that town. What better place for you to just change everything than a place that has very little to no understanding of the gospel. 
where literally they could all begin to understand that the way Jeremy and Brooke are living on mission, believing and walking by faith is what all Christians are called to do. I pray you give them wisdom and discernment. I pray you give them faith to move mountains. And I pray you give them fruit in the valleys. I pray that all in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you, man. Thank God. But the last thing is God rewards those who stand with them. God rewards. He goes with us and he rewards us. Now, sadly, there's this misconception in our culture today that those rewards are going to look like a bunch of money. And like if you just love Jesus, you're going to drive a new car, have a big house, and cash flowing out your back pocket. It's called the prosperity gospel. Here's what you need to know. Caleb and Joshua didn't get rich in that moment. They actually had to go into the wilderness with the people that were whining and belly aching for 40 years. I walked with Jeremy and Brooke through this journey. I mean, the cost of living in Oregon's crazy high. The limitations that have been put on them during COVID have been really high. It's been some tough journey, but one thing he'll tell you over and over and over and over again is God has been with them. And I tell you, that is the greatest reward is the fellowship of the Father. You can be in prison and be full and find joy, or you can be in the biggest house with all the money in the world and be as empty and lonely as it comes. The rewards the Lord gives us are spiritual right here. Now, I also believe that he'll bless you, as you financially as you bless others, that it, those promises are true. But my biggest thing that I have seen over and over and over again is as we walk by faith, like Caleb and Joshua, the Lord goes with us wherever we go. Well, pick back up Numbers 14 and 10. says, but the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. That's not a good day. I can just imagine if I was preaching a sermon and challenging you to walk with Jesus and give it all to God, and all of a sudden you guys start going, kill him, kill him, that guy's crazy. That would not be a fun day of preaching. Caleb and Joshua, as they stood up to speak the truth, there were people that were talking about stoning him, killing them. Then it says, then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites. God will be with us wherever we go. His rewards are unending. I want you to flip over to a passage in in James, James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 12. Going back to the New Testament. It says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Do you love God? Do you know him? Do you know the rewards that he wants to offer you in your life? Here's what I want you to know today. God wants you to be on journey with him. 
He wants you to speak out where you live, work, and play. Again, boldly, experientially, what God has done. Is it not powerful when you hear Jeremy tell how God has been with them through this whole journey? Is that not empowering? Does anybody not feel, I mean, is that not like it refreshing? It is the same thing when you bring fresh manna to your place of work and you're going through a tough time. You go, guys, guys, I, I believe we can do this through the power of God. Anybody want to pray with me? Uh, hey, I know you're going through a tough time. I just want you to know I've been praying for you as you're going through this tough time in your family. If you ever need anything, let me know. God calls us to be the light in the hard situations, but we've got to speak up. We've got to be willing to say, yes, Lord. And it's different for everybody in this room. Everybody's not called to go to Oregon, although Jeremy would love it if you were. Literally, if we took our whole congregation and moved to Oregon tomorrow, we would double the Christian population in his city. Isn't that crazy? And so what we have here is special, but it's not meant to be kept to ourselves. There are people all over the world that need to hear this good news of Jesus. So the invitation today is a little different. The invitation I want to give you today is, will you come forward and say, I'm all in? If you have never said that to the Lord, if you're not a believer in Christ and you want to be all in and follow Jesus, then come forward. I'll be in the front middle, love to pray with you and help you follow and learn what it means to follow Christ. If you follow Christ, but you've been holding out on baptism, I want to challenge you to come today and, and kneel at the front. Just lay that at the altar. Say, Lord, I, I'm willing. I'm willing to be all in and follow you in baptism. If there's a calling that God's been putting on your life and you've been holding back, it could be something as simple as sending a letter to a family member that you've been separated from for years because of a broken relationship. I want to challenge you to say yes to God today. Maybe you need to come forward and just pray that one-on-one with the Lord up here. Maybe it's you need to, to go all in and you need to tell somebody about it. Maybe you feel like God's been nudging you to be a part of a plant or to be a church planter. Or maybe you're called to be the children's pastor in a church plant or just a volunteer and you, you don't know how to express that. Just come to the front to my right and just share that with somebody. Our pastors and deacons will be there ready to talk with you. Or maybe you just need somebody to listen and to pray with. The back room, the prayer room will be open. Hey guys, thanks so much for checking us out online today. If you want more information about the church or things that's going on here, be sure to check out theriverCC.com or download our app and visit us there. Also, as we go through the Bible this year, we want to help keep you engaged on what's being read and talked about each week. To do that, we have a podcast called The Word This Week, which will recap each week's readings, as well as have special guests who will talk about what God showed them that week. So be sure to check that out on all podcast streaming platforms. And again, thanks so much for checking us out online.